Broadcasting from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Hi, here's Lambert's host, David Strausser, and it's time for another epic episode of Shark Bite Biz, your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. Man, we got an incredible show today. We're going to talk to a business owner of a business that you probably would have thought, hey, there's no way this business is going to survive the pandemic. No way they make it out of here. Or if they do, it's going to be skeleton. And it's just not really going to be growing during this time. And I think the conversation that we're going to have actually really proves the points that listening to your customers, giving them value and a unique experience will pay dividends even during a pandemic. It really comes down to finding ways to digitally transform your business, okay? Now, when I say digitally transform, digital transformation has a lot of definitions to a lot of people. And here's another form of digital transformation that you may not have thought of. Since events are essentially all postponed, our guest today, who has an event-based business, essentially found a way to digitally transform his business by taking his services online and bringing life to your next Zoom pub session with your work team. So who are we bringing in today? Zach Schiffman, founder of Studio Z Photo Booths. Probably asking, hey, David, who's Zach? Don't worry, I'm going to tell you. With a dual major in television production and entertainment marketing, Zach has cornered himself a niche market that brings high-end photo and video activations to large brands, small businesses, and mom-and-pop shops alike. Brands trust Zach and Studio Z to add a creative spin on the age-old photo booth and give their customers and guests a unique and instantly shareable experience. Brand recognition and shareability are the key goals of any successful brand activation, but giving guests a memory they want to share brings out experiences to the next level. So without further delay, let's bring on in Mr. Zach Schiffman. Creative and innovation tips. Zach, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You are now officially Shark Bait. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem at all, man. So we have a tradition on this show, okay? Very first question is always, what makes Zach, Zach? Give us your experience. Give us your background. How'd you get to where you are? Sure. So um, my background starts in TV production, dating back to high school and community access TV and filming high school football games with my dad doing the color commentary as a little father-son um, thing that we did. And then That's me translating cool. that into uh, college at Emerson in, in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, study TV production and entertainment marketing. Always said to myself, if one day TV doesn't work out, I wanted to have a marketing background to be able to explore right. other options. 
fast forward 12 years and I'm doing both. Um, <laughs> I, I work freelance full time for NBC News and the Today Show as a stage manager um, oh, and associate wow. director. And then on the side, I own my own photo activation company, which is almost, okay. I argue that my side hustle has become my main hustle in the past few years <laughs> as the business <laughs> continues to grow and we do fun things. Um, but I love both sides of my life equally. So it's hard to let one go for sure. Yeah, no, that that's really, really gnarly, I guess you could say that. That's <laughs> awesome. And you're in two two companies, two industries that are a little bit, you know, different. Mm -hmm. And they both have equally been challenged by the current pandemic, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely for sure. How, how, so let's just uh, skim on this real quick. Yeah. Uh, how has it changed with the Today Show, with NBC News, stuff like that because of the pandemic? Well, the Today Show in March went to a skeleton crew. Um, a lot of the talent yeah. were broadcasting from home. Um, and because of that, the needs for, for crew and for the safety were taken down. I actually didn't work for about eight and a half months Ooh. from March until uh, right around election time, mid-October, early November. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still not there five days a week like I used to be, but um, I, I on and off, I'm there a few days a week, hopefully. Um, mm -hmm. But it's all of TV is just a different landscape, the way it's being done. I've, I've picked up, sorry, the power just went out in my place. You're up in Boston? I'm in uh, just outside New York City. Okay, okay, okay. Um... If you want, uh, we'll just count down and we'll yeah. Let me just my light is flickering. You. Let me just hit it one yeah, second. Sorry no about that. Yep. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem. So expensive uh, light, so then they freak yeah, out. Yeah. <laughs> Pacho, just cut that little segment out where yeah. the uh, video started flickering and we got distracted. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll just count back down and just continue what we were saying. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. So the whole TV industry has really changed a lot um, with the pandemic. The way things are being shot, um, testing and crews, uh, everything is different. I do work for Food Network as well and um, oh, wow. daytime talk on CBS. And we're gearing up for the show I work for CBS is coming back from hiatus this week, but the show okay. is, is fully virtual. So I won't be in a control room anymore. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing the whole show on Zoom. And you... it's, it's like no, a crazy awesome. thing to think of. Yeah, yeah. Well, we do this show on Zoom too. So yeah. <laughs> I can feel you. Um, so let me ask you that, do you think these are going to be uh, like a temporary blip or do you think this pandemic is showing that, hey, look, we can scale this stuff down and still put out a good show? It's you, it's you totally it's a fear. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's interesting. It's, a, it's an absolute fear of mine that um, on the grand scheme of things with budgets and whatnot, that people mm -hmm. will think we can do things cheaper. Mm -hmm. um, and still get the same output. I don't think, I think everything's cyclical and there's gonna be a time when this vaccine kicks in and we're all inoculated and we're at herd immunity or whatever other buzzword there is. Um, <laughs> people are gonna be eager to start doing things again. Mm -hmm. And that'll trickle down to the TV media world and it'll 100% come back to the event world. 
um, on Definitely. my event side of it, I've lost everything. I mean, going into March, we were geared up to do Coachella, the Kids' Choice Awards, the Masters, and like oh, wow. overnight, everything was gone. Yeah. All my contracts were just, hey, sorry, we're, this, this event isn't happening. And at first you were like, yeah, oh my God. Yeah, it's a pandemic. And then you just realized that, you know, you started seeing the articles come out. Coachella pushed to October, Coachella canceled completely. Everything was just gone. And now we question like, what what is the event industry? When will we go to concerts again? When will there be marketing activations at festivals? And and who knows? It, it, it's it's a scary thought, but I know the minute that that industry is able to safely work again, it's going to come back strong and hard. Yeah, you know, we had somebody on. I think it was like a sixth or seventh episode of the show. Sam Castro, and he works in the event industry. Cool. And one thing that he said. Now, this is earlier on in the pandemic. I guess he could well midway through from where we're at now, like July-ish. Yeah. Uh, he was saying hybrid events yeah. is a trend that he's seeing for sure because they were doing things where you could have a limited audience in place and then everybody else is joining remotely. Yeah, and that's something we can 100% get into because my company has fully pivoted from live events to virtual events. And that includes mm -hmm. things like hybrid events. And I, I do, I've had a lot of talks with colleagues in my, my industry. I have a lot of close friends that do the same thing that I do. And hybrid events, I think, is going to be the future in 2021 mm -hmm. because I think you're going to have, I mean, we could take this a scale back up. We're not even talking concerts and like public facing things, but mm -hmm. things like um, corporate conferences, you know, your Vegas expos, there are going to be people who aren't comfortable traveling mm -hmm. or companies that don't want to send their staff to travel because they don't want, yeah. you know, the liability of it all, but they're going to want to be able to participate. And I think now we've, mm -hmm. everyone knows what Zoom is. Everyone knows what all these virtual platforms are. They know how to use them. They know what QR codes are. They know how to access from any device that it, the hard part's done and over with. You know, we could thank our kids yeah. going to virtual learning for that too. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because in that whole thing, I just had a conversation literally today. My, one of my top employees, uh, her mother, passed away tragically yesterday mm -hmm. um, and she is from India. Her mom was 91, lives out in India. And because of all the travel restrictions, she's not going. And she said, well, you know, we're going to be doing the funeral service via Zoom. And that made me think about 10 years ago, my grandmother died and I was living down in Mexico. I didn't have a way to get back to Pennsylvania. Right. And I was telling people back then, like, hey, can't you just put her up on Skype and let me watch a service so I could say my goodbyes? And it, it was like, everybody thought that that was disrespectful to my grandmother not doing it. And now you fast forward 10 years later and it's almost like that's the norm now. Right. With these hybrid type events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've seen funerals, I've seen Jewish shivas, I've seen all of that mm -hmm. on Zoom. Yeah, yeah. So from a production standpoint, mm -hmm. I mean, are you producing these shows? What's your involvement with these virtual or hybrid events? So with the events, uh, so we're a photo activation marketing company. We mm -hmm. mainly do photo booths and video uh, camera arrays, other fun types of uh, digital outputs at 
social events like weddings, mitzvahs, et cetera, but we focus on the corporate world. So be it corporate yeah. parties, marketing activations, concerts, festivals, you name it. Um, but without that happening, we took a look at the virtual world and tried to come up with a way that virtual events can still engage people. Um, so we created a web-based virtual photo. Is that, let, let's just dig yeah. in real, right there real quick. Engaging people in the virtual world. I mean, is that easy? Is that hard? Because people tend to multitask, I found, when they're doing sure. webinars. Yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting because there are things like webinars that people could not off on. And then there are, there mm -hmm. are things just like um, company happy hours and other team building events um, that are looking for ways to give their employees or their guests something more than just, hey, let's all right. sit around Zoom with a cocktail in our hand. And be that you bring in uh, a live mixologist and you send everyone uh, mixology kits and you're creating oh, wow. something together. I've seen oyster shucking. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen magicians. Wow. Um, this world is exploding. And what we're doing with the photo side of it, you know, a lot of people can say, well, I can take a selfie on my phone, I can use Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Like, how is this different? We're giving, right. we're giving clients a fully branded experience um, that can be embedded in their web platform or directly linked uh, on any device that has a camera via a link or a QR code. And guests mm -hmm. are going into this branded experience. They're taking a photo or a GIF. It's getting instantly branded like they would at a normal photo booth um, at a physical right. event. And then we're doing things like contest contest modes and virtual mosaics. So we worked for um, Rodan and Fields. They had a 20,000 person um, sales conference that moved fully virtual yeah. in October. So wow. they reached out to us and we put on a four day long activation for them. Every day at certain times, the photo booth was changing to promote new products that they were announcing to their sales staff. Uh, and in those four days, we took 10,000 photos. And after, after everyone's session, they had a little scratch card and they could digitally scratch it off and they had a chance to win swag or product mm -hmm. or a gift card. And you know, the, we gave away hundreds of prizes and it just brought this engagement level. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we were looking at the Google analytics. I mean, people were, they were spending 10 plus minutes on our platform at a time wow. to take various photos. They were all over Instagram. People That's were- That's great. And then yeah. we- and then we created at the end, um, or actually in real time, a, a digital mosaic. So all mm -hmm. the photos went into different spaces on a mosaic board that created their logo for the conference. So at the end, everyone right. got to see each other in one big, large mosaic that hopefully that's, they're hanging up in their office yeah. now or something. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's really cool and innovative. And that's a really great way to bring people together. When you were saying that, I was thinking back, my boss joined a webinar. It wasn't a free webinar. It was a paid yeah. webinar. And I guess about two days before the webinar, as a surprise, he actually received two bottles of wine for him to enjoy during the webinar. Totally. And he was like, you know what? I am going to this webinar 100% now because they sent me the wine. Yeah. So really awesome, this type of innovation that has come out because of the pandemic. I mean, there are some positives in here, and it is what you make of it. One quick question, though. I yeah. see on your profile, and it says boomerang booths. What yeah. is a boomerang booth? 
So it's just like Instagram where you can take a boomerang, which is a short looping back and forth video. We adapted that technology into our photo booths probably five, six years ago now. Um, They constantly evolved from a series of images like boomerang to now we do it with HD video for Mm -hmm. even smoother output. We do it with confetti tosses or props or um, we we put them in um, permanent installations like in the Sirius XM um, offices and studios where right. after the guests would go on air, they'd come out, they'd see the boomerang booth, their PR team would have them do mm-hmm. an animation. It got branded. Sirius XM would put it on their Instagram. The artists would put it on theirs. And it was just a, a way to promote and excite. Oh yeah, no that that is really awesome. So before the pandemic started, yeah, how digitally transformed was your company? How ready were you for something like this? I I don't think any of us saw this coming or saw right. like if you had told me a year or two years ago that the event industry could ever be shut down fully, I would have laughed. Mm-hmm. Like how is that lovely? Possible? And, and for the yeah. amount of time, I mean, at first we thought this was going to be two months. I still had contract right. for August, September, you know, and then every month went by and they changed. Um, the virtual stuff came about pretty quickly. I It, it was a crapshoot. It, mm-hmm. it was a chance of, you know, what can we do and will it right. work? But if it doesn't work, how much investment are we talking? You know, it's, it's some custom coding, it's this and that. But at the end of the day, I'm doing it all from my home office. Uh, right, my right. team's working on it. Because it's not just like, hey, you design right. an image and throw it up. I mean, you have to have developers, mm-hmm. coders, and totally. this is all custom built stuff for you. Right. Absolutely. And it's it's still evolving. I mean, now that I've mm-hmm. done this for seven, eight months, clients are coming at us for different things. You know, we're starting to get mm-hmm. harder asked questions like, you know, companies are worried about GDPR and privacy and hackers and right. this and that. And and now, you know, these are all things that we have to then grow and expand and recode to make things possible for our clients. Right, right. So GDPR, that- that's crazy, isn't it? Because, I mean, a lot of American companies, I don't think they think about that, especially right. like your company. I mean, are you actually doing things out there in Europe on a daily basis? Well, that's That's the interesting thing about the virtual space is... I'm no longer a New York City company. I mean, we we travel right. regardless, but now I'm a global company. And our first clients were like Amsterdam and Germany and um, wow. Australia. I mean, it was all, it doesn't matter where you are short of the time zone, I'll create it for you. And that, yeah, that's- Yeah, and it's crazy. And even though you're US-based, just because you're doing virtual, you have to technically comply with GDPR. Yeah, totally. I mean, GDPR has had a global impact. I mean, we work for mostly a North American company. We do have offices out there in UK, but we have a lot of global clients at Vision 33. I do SAP Business One during my day job. And, you know, we get a lot of global companies. They have offices, headquarters out in Europe. And because of that, you know, we have to be 100% GDR, uh, GDPR, yeah. GDRP, whatever it is, compliant. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, yeah. Was that was that a big issue for you all? No. To- I mean, for yeah. us, it's really. I don't. My my company doesn't really store data to begin with. Like the only right. data okay. capture we do is for the client side, like names and email addresses. We don't do mailing lists based off of events, guests. Like it's just not mm-hmm. our thing. Um, so it was a pretty easy disclaimer checkbox when needed, and and most clients are fine with that. Um, 
but now it's entering. We had a, we're dealing with a company right now, um, a large automotive company, American, mm -hmm. that has GDPR type rules for California, which are like brand oh, new wow. this year that I guess started in January. But just considering mm -hmm. I haven't done anything really since March in the physical space, mm -hmm. I wasn't even something I had heard of. Um, and yeah, it, yeah, it's California, because I think they were talking about that. I just moved to Philly from mm -hmm. Los Angeles. And oh, cool. before I moved, I kind of remember talk about them starting to get a privacy law that was yeah. going to be essentially almost like California's version of exactly. GDPR that was going to be run out of there. And, you know, I don't know. That's one thing that I think maybe it should be at the federal level because oh, totally. if you have 50 states doing their own GDPR, that's going to be insane to well, comply that's, with. That's what I said to the client. They said, like, are you structured for this? I go, well, I looked it up and the requirements are like your company needs to make over five million in revenue. And like my company doesn't do that. We're a smaller business um, and a few other criteria. And they said, OK, but my client's company does. And I said, OK, then have your client's company's legal team they can send me any disclaimers, any legal uh, text that they need, and I'll implement it. But they have to know what it is more than what I do at, at, at the base level because it's their brand that they're protecting. This is really interesting. So, I mean, that's costing you to go through legal processes and stuff like that. Like, these are new challenges that you've uncovered yeah. because of you doing it virtual. So I've got to ask you then, uh, what about taxes, stuff like that, reporting in a state, because you look at the Supreme Court Wayfair ruling, and mm -hmm. with that, they basically gave the green light, uh, even if you're a virtual company, you don't set foot in California, if you know, they can oblige you if you have X amount of income coming from that state to do tax returns out there. Have you yeah. run into that? Um, a little bit. Uh, basically, I talked with my CPA earlier this year, and we pretty much decided to be safe. We tax on everything digital. I rather, yeah, okay. you know, and, and to be honest, most of the companies, not most, I'd say about 50% of the companies that, that hire us have um, nonprofit tax exemption. Right. So it saves us a little bit, which is nice. It's a little less of a hassle. Um, right. But at the end of the day, I, we just charge the, the sales tax for our digital services. It's never been an issue with my clients, thankfully. So uh, that's good. Yeah. That's good, you know, and uh, I, I love talking about like, hey, look, we just changed, we just pivoted our business, and these are some of the challenges that we've had that yeah. I've never had to face before. They're new challenges yeah. for us, and you know how you kind of guide down that path. I think would be helpful for our customers to hear. Did you have any other challenges like that because of going virtual? Um, you know, it's just. You're you're at the mercy of third party things like Amazon mm -hmm. AWS cloud services or right. domain hosting. If things go down, it's out of your control and you have to have backup plans. We have a whole backup system that we use mm -hmm. because we encountered that once. And it's nothing that we did. It's nothing that we could control. But this, the, the cloud server that we use went down for a few hours and it happened to be during an event. And, oh, you know... Wow. <laughs> And those kind of and, things, and that, I mean, that can happen in the in the physical world, too, of yeah. course. But, I mean, we all saw uh, I mean, Google me. Gmail went down a few weeks ago and everybody yeah, exactly. freaks out. That's what I was going to say, that over the past three, four months, there have been a lot of server outages. And yeah. basically, if Google 
Amazon or Microsoft go down, I mean, you're going to know it because a yeah. good section of the internet, especially right. with Amazon, because I think they're by far the largest cloud provider. Yeah. But I mean, we found out, for example, because it happened during working hours for us, and we host a lot of the ERP solutions for our customers. Sure. And we start getting phone calls like, hey, we can't connect to the server. And then it's like, oh, crap. You know, so you have a lot of businesses that use that to process all their transactions. Yeah. They couldn't connect at all either. It's crazy. Sometimes you almost want the bigger end to go down because it's more tangible to be able to mm -hmm. tell people, well, like, <laughs> hey, if you can't get on Facebook either, like, this is beyond you and us. Like, it's a global mm -hmm. thing. You know, if it's a random uh, service that you, you use, but many others don't, it's harder to pass that buck along, so to speak. Right, right. Oh, <laughs> not so, that I want to pass responsibility ever. Yeah. But. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, that's something that I'll do if I get a customer complaint. I'll just send them an article, like, from Engadget or yep, TechCrunch. Exactly. <laughs> like, dude, three quarters of the internet is down right now. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Uh, with that, I mean, has that taught you anything as far as okay wh what's your plan z redundancy yeah i mean we've thing. we've definitely done redundancies we recently just changed our servers to um a more robust stronger server base so we migrated mm -hmm. all of our software over um but we do have like a turnkey solution uh that's that other companies use that we have um, also adapted, we have in our back pocket that if for some reason my software goes down, I can recreate the event pretty quickly in this other software that's that I know uses a different cloud service. So right. if, if they go, if we go down, theirs is probably still up and vice versa. So I do have that. Recovery. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, we had a huge company manufacturer that has to have FDA approval. And whenever a system would go down because of how those guidelines are, they have to actually document like what data was lost, what happened, sure. stuff like that. And as part of their emergency plan, they actually needed not just one, but two backup servers, one on a different uh, like Amazon web servers instead of the East Coast one. Mm. You know, they'd want it on the West Coast. OK. And sure. then they also had a third one, which would be on a alternative uh, I think it was Google Cloud instead. So that way, if Amazon went completely down, they could easily fire up and work from the Google Cloud version. Totally. Yeah, now that, that's really, really awesome. So let's get back into your business yeah. and how you're helping people. Something that we've talked about a lot of times on this show. We did a whole episode of it uh, with Ed Howie. It's joy you know we're in a joy deficit world right now yeah and how can you spread more joy to your community to your uh colleagues to your clients and i think your offering helps do that i think employ uh companies that hire a company like you to put on these things i mean it's so much better than just having five people sitting around uh, three days before Christmas for their virtual holiday party, just right. drinking coffees. Yeah. I mean, there are so many ways it's been used. Um, and a lot of it does definitely spark joy. We worked with um, American Cancer Society for all wow. of October doing virtual photo booths for all the, the breast cancer walks that were canceled nationwide. 
They became these wow. like virtual do it on your own walks. And, and, you know, that's, those kind of companies have huge sense of communities and for them mm -hmm. not being able to get together and walk for a cause that's really important to them, you know, mm -hmm. that's, that can be difficult to people. So if I can bring, you know, a little bit of joy to a group like that, hundred percent. I mean, we also did, um, the Red Sox partner with um, the Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, and mm -hmm. they did a virtual fundraiser yeah. this year. And, you know, no one was allowed at Red Sox games, and they have a rabid fan base. And yeah. the Jimmy Fund did their normal um, fundraising drive virtually. And when guests donated, they got to use our virtual photo booth, which has a feature that, like Zoom, will automatically remove the backdrop behind me. Yep. And it put them in the seats at Fenway. And so, wow. like, the, the campaign was, like, I help fill the seats at Fenway Park. And yeah. you know, your donation helps fill the seats. And it just had it had such a great response. I mean, but then it also it trickles down to ho virtual homecomings for colleges. Um oh, yeah. or or DreamWorks did um they sent a gift care box out to all their employees with like pumpkin mm -hmm. carving kits and stuff for the kids and and treats and in that they had a postcard that was like, we hope you'll use this pumpkin carving kit, like scan this code, use the virtual photo booth and show off your creation. And like, then oh, you just see awesome. like everyone's kids using it. And, and that, that's a really good idea. Now, when they come up with, that was DreamWorks, I think you said, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. When they come up with that idea, how much work, I mean, is it custom coding that has to be done or is no, it so just you throwing in images? How does that work? It's the whole system is is has a base code to it. So mm -hmm. in that sense, it's done. But every um, element of it is fully customizable. And I can give you guys a demo link. You can drop it in the description for people to oh, try. Oh, yeah, yeah, something. definitely. I'll, have, um, I'll put in the description the link to your website and the demo link. Oh, awesome. Um, so every element is fully brandable. So some clients like us to do it for them or like a company mm -hmm. like DreamWorks that has amazing graphics teams and animators, I send them a, a PDF of all the specs and they send me like a box or a Dropbox file right. um, of everything. And then I just make some tweaks to make sure everything lines up and works correctly. Um, but they pretty much, you know, really make it their own, which is great. Yeah. 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 You know, you just triggered something in my mind that uh, reminded me of something. And the reason is, is that they have to send you like a Dropbox link or something like that because they can't send the files via email. That is the one innovation I wish that uh, someone would do during the pandemic since everybody's sending larger files is that they would allow you to send more than 20 or 25 megabytes. megabytes I mean, yeah. at least get it up That's... to a gig. Oh, I know. I know, because like when I, I download all the photos from my server and then I like upload it back to WeTransfer to send a link to a client to down, it's it's too many steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, isn't that? Um, what what did you do to kind of make that easier? Just Dropbox to try it or what? Dropbox, I use WeTransfer a lot. Um, okay. I just find it very quick and easy. And it's it's like our, it's my own backup server too, because everything lives on there indefinitely up to like a terabyte of data or whatever their cap is, so. Oh, wow. It's pretty oh, good. Wow. Um, so let's get into a little bit of your areas of expertise real yeah. quick. Okay. With this pandemic going on that just doesn't want to get away. Now, first off, I think we're in a better position in 2021. While there's still a lot more unknowns, it's not like 2020 
where in March, everything just shut down. We're going into 2021 knowing that this is the situation. Right. People are more prepared for it from a business aspect. But how do you think the pandemic then has really changed the brand activation and exponential yeah. marketing? I, I think this is going back to us briefly talking about hybrid events and that term right. that maybe others haven't heard before. And not yeah. even so much events, but just the hybrid world. Um, I live in Jersey, just outside New York City, and next to MetLife Stadium where the Jets and Giants play is this brand yeah. new mall. It's like the size of the Mall of America. They call it American Dream. And it's had so many issues trying to open in the past few years, and it was supposed to open in March. And of course it didn't. And now it's finally open, but not all the stores are there. And I went for the first time uh, last week, and yeah. I mean, it was empty. I mean, there were people wow. there, but not not what a mall, not what you would expect. mall would expect. So mm -hmm. we're pushing along ideas and I'm waiting for the right client for this. Take a company like Sephora that mm -hmm. you know, is trying to get customers back into their brick and mortars. Right. Uh, how can we do that? Well, they could do a virtual campaign with our virtual photo booth. And we can custom code something like at the end of their session, they're given a four digit code. And the only way they can find out what that four digit code is, is to go mm -hmm. to their closest Sephora. And when they go to that Sephora, there's a glass safe that has products or a gift or a prize in it. And they enter yeah. that four digit code and it'll either lock, it'll either unlock or do nothing. And if it unlocks, they yeah. win what's inside. But now you've brought that wow. customer back into maybe a place they weren't expecting to go because they're so used to ordering online. I mean, you could also mm -hmm. do that with just a QR code on a sign outside the store in the mall just to catch people's attention. Um, those that, are the that's a really, at. really awesome hybrid idea. I mean, I got a, I, I'm blown away. That, that <laughs> is amazing. I, I love that. I wish we, I could say I've implemented that yet. I'm waiting for the client to reach out. I'm waiting to find one. And maybe it's on me that I need to make more cold calls. And, Sephora, and, if you're listening, exactly. give Zach a call. <laughs> or anyone that owns a, a brick and mortar, especially large scale in a mall or, or, or a place where traffic is, is lower. I mean, it could even go to restaurants. It can go anywhere. We you just know. got a large client. Um, I cannot say their name on the air <laughs> because of, um, you know, an NDA sure. that they signed with us. But uh, I think we should have a discussion offline about that totally. because they do have retail store and their business is booming via online, digital yeah. sales, e-commerce, but store traffic itself has been suffering. Right. And that makes you question, like, what's their what's their overall bottom line if online sales are up, but their store traffic is hemorrhaging? Like, are they mm -hmm. coming out on top or are they worse off? Or do oh, they need yeah. to shut down and just pivot online? Like, but no one wants to shut down a physical presence. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough. I, mean, I think physical stores may turn out to be more like um, what was it like amazon's ghost store or yeah. something like that i i think that's probably going to be closer to the future of how a lot of stores operate now and if you want to hear something crazy i've seen an amazon ghost store close wow during the pandemic really? yeah they built one in 30 rock where i work i mean you're talking the heart of new york city yeah. and they had they it used to be a Brookstone and they built, I guess it was an Amazon, Amazon Go. It was like the convenience store where you walked in and you just grab yeah. what you want and you walk out yeah. and it knew who you were. It knew what you took and it built your Amazon account. It was awesome. I loved it. Like it was just so yeah. great just not to have to interact with anyone, just grab what I want. And they actually had decent grab and go food. And 
that concourse that lives under 30 Rock, where it's it's basically a small mall food court type thing, has really gone under. A Starbucks has been closed there for nine oh, months just wow. because they're not getting the foot traffic and they generally don't allow the public in there much anymore um, unless, you know, you're a tenant of the building. And that Amazon store just up and disappeared. I mean, and it was under a year old. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that is crazy, and I guess that's because of the foot traffic, um, like you're saying. But um, yeah. I'm I'm gonna dig into that and kind of find out more because I do think that's interesting uh, about that whole Amazon Go store. Yeah. So let's uh, touch on one final topic yeah, here sure. before we get rolling. Okay, we've talked about the a little bit Instagram, Twitter. How can companies really, though, use a product like yours for the social media, you know, as their solution to get sure. people engaged? Yeah. Um, we'll go back to years ago in the physical event world and stuff. And it sparks my mind because I said the word Brookstone. Um, we <laughs> did a, an event for iHeartRadio. Uh, they do a concert every year called Jingle Ball. It tours the country. It's like your top 40 acts. And they're very hard to get tickets to. And before the event, they do a fan festival, um, usually mm-hmm. in a different area or out, depending on that's location outside the stadium, et cetera. And this festival is smaller concerts and probably about 50 brand activations. That's all it is. It's an opportunity right. for companies to market their products to teenagers. Um, so we were doing a setup for Brookstone. Um, they were promoting Ariana Grande's cat ear headphones, which were these ridiculous headphones with like cat ears that had speakers in them. And we did a boomerang booth with confetti. It looked like a sound booth. So yep. there was a phone, you put the headphones on, we threw confetti, you pretend like you were recording a song. And what we did was they were offering a pair of tickets to that concert. And most of the people that are at the fan fest do not have tickets to the concert because they couldn't get them. Um, right. So what they had to do to win was share it to Instagram from a public account with various tags and hashtags. And they picked Mm -hmm. from that. And I think we did in the course of like three hours, like 450 sessions. And I think 400 people posted them to Instagram. Oh, that's that's great. I mean, so like just the the viral um, interaction of getting a product and a brand recognition out on Instagram Mm -hmm. in such a short period of time was great. Um, And, you know, we Mm -hmm. announced, we DM these two girls that won and we heard their screams from across the festival and they just came running. And they were oh, so wow. excited. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty, that's pretty awesome. And, yeah. you know, getting something, you know, a hashtag or something like that around your brand or product, I mean, that can be better than just paying hey. for pay-per-click advertising. I, I, I say it to my clients all the time because a lot of clients will say, hey, why, why isn't this getting traction on Instagram or Facebook mm-hmm. or whatnot? And I go... This isn't 2009 and the dawn of Instagram and people know what hashtags are now. Back then, everyone was just like hashtag Pepsi, hashtag Coca-Cola. Like it was the cool thing to do. But now, you know, everyone knows the Kardashians. Everyone knows an influencer. People want to be paid for their time. Why am I promoting your brand for free? Cool. You gave me a photo. Why should I tag you in it? Um, Right. But if they have the chance to win something or get something out of it, that Mm -hmm. skyrockets up. Because oh, I, yeah. I did it the other day. I wanted to win free chicken wings from a new restaurant in town. And I had to like <laughs> tag someone and share it to my story. I did it. There was free promotion to my 3,000 followers, you know? And yeah. then 
but like I don't think twice of it. I'm like, ooh, free chicken. Like and it's simple. Yeah. It's something so small, but I wouldn't have done that any other day. Like Right, right, right. Yeah, you don't usually post about chicken wings. <laughs> but incentive incentive breeds marketability. Um people want right. to be incentivized to do something. What uh what's the acronym? WIFM. What's in it for me? Exactly. Yeah, and you have to meet that need to your potential clients, to your audience. And if you do, then you should get the results that you're hoping for. Yeah. And if for some reason, you know, a client doesn't have something that they can give away or, or they don't want to, the things we try to do are so much more unique um, that they generally stand out on their own and people want to post them. You know, photo booths right. have been around for years, but we do things like 360 slow motion, which is like very red right. carpet, very Oscars, things that people have seen celebrities do that they want to be part of. And when you do something, a higher end yeah. activation like that, then people are more apt to post those things naturally mm -hmm. uh, and organically. They may not mention you, right. but you, but any of our outputs are fully branded. So even if they don't right. you know, mention Sephora, it's going to have that Sephora logo in the corner or there's going to be some Did you hear that, Sephora? Yeah, some sort of on-site <laughs> branding, you know, be it a custom enclosure, backdrop, some sort of prop or uh, a right. full build out. You know, something's going to represent them there. And subliminally, it's going to get across to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in good faith, I guess, because of the hashtag, I'll say hashtag mic drop, because <laughs> this has been a, an amazing, amazing interview. It was extremely informative, fun. Uh, you're doing something really innovative and awesome. I love it 100% behind it. How can people get in touch with you, Zach? Yeah, they can visit uh, studiozphotoboots.com slash event hyphen planning hyphen guide. Uh, it's a free guide on creating a successful event during this socially distant time. That's free for all your listeners. Um, or feel free to just email us. You know, all of our contact information is right on the site. If you have an idea, pitch it to us. If it's not something you see in our site, we love creating new things. We're always Yeah, it definitely new sounds ideas. like it. New challenges. Yeah. Especially for Sephora. Yeah. <laughs> I, my favorite thing are creative, uh, creative clients. There's nothing right. worse than when a client just says like, here's my logo. Like, give me, show me who you are. Give me your branding. Give me mm -hmm. style guide. Show me what your marketing efforts are and we'll do our best to match it. We want right, to make it right. nice and, and seamless to the rest of your identity. We don't want to be right. something, you know, stuck out. I get this a lot with like an event planner, you know, they'll say, oh, we just want a photo booth with a white backdrop. And then I get there and there's like some crazy neon floral uh, wall that was <laughs> custom built. And I'm like, this would have been awesome. And they're like, right. I don't think of that. And I'm like, but, you know, throw yeah, me the ideas. It is what it is. And you're, you're a creative entrepreneur as well, too. And I think a lot of time creatives like you, they end up making some of the best businesses out there because it's just so... You know, maybe you're reinventing the wheel, but you're reinventing it with your special flair on it, yeah. giving it that spark of creativity that it's currently lacking. And that's what I really love about your about your company. It's great. Everybody, please make sure you visit his website. Look at his event planning guide. Zach, thank you so much My for pleasure. coming on here. Thank you so yeah. much for having me. Yeah, we'll have to have you on after the pandemic yes, to tell please. us how hopefully we'll have some are. cool stories. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And we'll hear about the, the Sephora follow-up. <laughs> Thank you again, Zach. No problem. Yep. Cheers. Wow, that was a great chat with Zach, right?
First off, you all know the routine. If you love this interview, if it made creativity swirl around in your brain, do us a favor, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to do us a solid, I mean, this is a big deal here. <laughs> do us a favor, share this out to your network. Let's get it on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. Let's get Studio Z, Shark Bite Biz trending on social media. Now let's get back to Zach. First off, kudos to him for finding a way to innovate and really build a unique business concept that quite honestly, I think he's kicking butt. It really feels like he's just starting to scratch the surface of the full potential that this business can really do. I mean, he's got some pretty gnarly ideas out there. And I, I gotta say, I, I'm really impressed with his thought process and everything that he wants to do with this business and what he's able to do. It's one of those scenarios where it's like, if you dream it, we can build it. Another item he discussed was about making people post about your business, getting people to talk about you. People like this kind of stuff, especially if it's a cool picture with a nice background, filter, whatever it must be. And they're going to use it. They're going to tag you or use your hashtag. And that is real organic marketing for your business from everyday ordinary people. I mean, you gotta love it. To me, Zach is a marketing genius. He's able to give brands a fully branded experience that can be linked to or it can be built right into their site online. I mean, the contest modes, the virtual mosaics, all that stuff, the options of creativity. And it really brings a lot of unique ways to get the word out or even just as simple as pull your team together. I mean, the options are limitless. Lastly, I want to discuss innovation and how he's found creative solutions to be able to show his customers and their end users pretty much has shown them value and love. Even though we are all far apart, this is something that's allowing people to connect and feel like they're part of something cool. And as we said during this interview, and we even had Ed Howie on the show about this a couple episodes ago, we are in a joy deficit. And Zach's company here is really in an incredible way, by the way, bringing smiles back to our faces, our lives, giving us that moment of joy that we are all looking for. This past year, I mean, we haven't had those true monumental days that are kind of like landmarks. Oh yeah, I did this in January. I mean, last couple months, except for maybe Christmas and Thanksgiving, it's all a blur to me. And I'm sure many of you all are out there as well too. This is something that can kind of break that monotony for everybody. So what did you think? Today's question of the day is what do you think of Zach's business and the model and how he's listening to his customers and their customers to bring those unique experience? Is that something you could envision your company using? What do you think? What ideas are swirling around in your mind with all of this creativity? Tell us on YouTube in the comment section below. Always looking forward to hear about that. Also, don't forget, if you got an amazing story to tell, you want to talk about your business just like Zach did, shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. I want to have every single person that wants to come on this show. We'll have you on, but it all starts with that email.
So, as a reminder, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 